Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today at the end of the episode, I will read the second chapter from Try Not to Die in the Wild West, which came out this Tuesday. If you have left a review on Goodreads, Amazon, recommended on BookBub, any of that stuff, purchased it, that would be awesome. I would appreciate it. So with John Palisano, my co-author, really trying to get it up high in the rankings on these different genres, including Westerns. The book's only 99 cents, so I hope it will do well. Yeah, I want to introduce as many people to that series as possible. Excited about it, especially with everything that's coming out. This week was really awesome because my wife and daughter were gone. That sounds terrible, and I'm joking. I love both of them so much. I was very happy that they were able to go on a little trip with my niece to the D.C. area. They were excited about doing that for spring break. Meanwhile, Jake and I stayed home. We had to do neurofeedback twice this week, so we couldn't go out of town. Plus, we just wanted to hang out. He went to Knott's Berry Farm on Monday, so I had a complete day of silence in the house, which was so awesome. That was just such a stress relief because I was able to write and work on things all day long, which is pretty awesome. Or at least until he came home around 3.30. But I got so much done. I finished nearly... That was the start of finishing seven death scenes for Duncan Ralphs, and I've been stuck on them for a while. Creativity has been at a minimal because I've been doing so much other big business type thinking and I'm I am working a lot of shit and dealing with family stuff and all that so I was getting frustrated with how long it was taking Duncan kept telling me not to worry about it, not to worry about it but on that day I was able to get a lot of them done I was pretty happy with them I can't wait to see what he does to make them better what I'm giving him in my mind is just kind of like a rough outline of what I think it could be but I was like dude it's your book your characters Spin it how you like, make it better. So I'm excited to get those back from him. And all I have left are three death scenes. The final three, two of them already think I know. Last one I don't. But at the most, that'll be done in a week. And then I'll hand that over to him. Take a break from that. I need to finish Death Fest. Just clean up a couple things with music that changed. But that won't take long once I put my mind to it. So I'm excited about getting on that. The other thing I did today and yesterday was work on, finally got to Hellhole. Trying to die in a Hellhole. That's by John Palisano. That is going to be a short story. Not sure exactly how it's going to be released. It'll probably be 99 cents on all platforms. But then John will also be using it as a reader magnet that you can get for free if you sign up for his newsletter. So Excited about putting that out. It's a short story with an alternate ending. Just like a little a little sample of Try Not To Die. I'm also putting together a Try Not To Die sampler, which again will be a reader magnet that these different authors can share, sharing <coughs> an excerpt from each of their Try Not To Dies, plus links to their other work. So excited getting that together. Um, maybe I'll do that next week. That one shouldn't take very long. It's just really going to be formatting and getting information together. But I was glad and relieved to be able to get John's thing done. I'm going to send that to him later tonight or tomorrow. I know he'll be happy to get that back. Probably won't take him long to go over the changes. Send it back to me. Do a final edit, then get it out the door. Already having the cover for that made, so got that taken care of or just about. They're putting the final touches on that. So that's pretty cool. I ran a contest with my newsletter, a flash fiction contest. I still need to read those. I will award the winner next week. I'll read their piece on the podcast and they send them their book, figure out what book they would like to win. I also have a couple contests that are wrapping up. The Spotify contest was awesome. There are so many subscribers to that. Over a thousand people 
we're going for that $99 gift card and the 99 audiobooks. I'll do one of those again really soon. I'm also going to do one with Audible. Have the other one going. Still 24 days left on the Try Not to Die Worldwide. That's the one with the Scribd six-month subscription. And you can win Try Not to Die paperbacks. And then I also just put out another one only available for my newsletter subscribers. And that one I'm giving away 10 signed paperbacks of Try Not to Die in the Wild West. So if you would like a signed copy of that book, get on that. That is about it on the writing front. All my focus has been on, like I was saying, on Ghostland and then Hellhole. I think this whole next week will be Ghostland and starting to finalize Death Fest, which is healing nicely. There's the Death Fest, Death Fest tattoo. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. the bullet hole on the other side is all healed up or just about healed up, which is awesome because I need to start training. 10th Planet Whittier opens on April 2nd, so I want to be ready for that. But this, my... The tattoo that I got with Death Fest on my arm is just about healed. Hopefully in a couple more days, it will be all done. Ready for people to grab hold of it and twist the shit out of it. So, excited about training. Hoping my body will hold up. Don't know if it will, but only one way to find out. The other thing I'm excited about is I should be getting a copy of the back cover or the map or whatever we call it, the poster for Trying to Die at Death Fest. That thing is going to be awesome. Brian, who designed this, the tattoo, he's also doing that back cover. My buddy Jay, who's doing the front cover of the book, is going to take Brian's work and blend it in for the back cover. It's going to look awesome. Pretty excited about having that. Also excited to talk to Brian about making more stickers. I want to do bookmarks. I want to do all kinds of different merchandise, shirts. I have all these ideas. I've made stuff before, but then I just never go and sell them. So I'm going to start doing that, start looking into merchandise. I just need to find the right people to do it for me, to help me, to guide me, because really with all the shit I got going on, I really don't need something else. In fact, today I was even thinking, I was like, man, do I want to keep doing the podcast? Do I, it's not like I need to do it. It's not helping me a ton. It is fun when I'm interviewing other people. I think it's helpful for me kind of just to talk every week anyhow and just get, it's like my little therapy, but Sometimes I don't feel like doing it today. I don't really feel like doing it. I'd rather just go and play Fortnite and Rocket League with my son and mess around and have him enjoy the vacation a little bit more. But instead, I'm doing this. All right. I guess I'm committed. I haven't made the decision to quit. I don't think I will. I've been doing it this many weeks in a row. Might as well keep going, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. But I'm going to cut it short. That's enough talking because I want to get to trying to die in the Wild West. I had been considering just going right back to some horror stories from Untold Mayhem. But I was like, eh, let's do the Wild West. Here we go. Um, all right. So last time you had to decide if you're, you run into these snakes, you have to either stay calm and back away or you crush the snake with a bag. If you stayed calm and backed away, then you died. I read that for you last week. My son was very upset about that when I first read that to him. He was so pissed at me. He's like, you're lying. That's not right. That's not what would happen. You're supposed to stay calm. It's like, yeah, dude, just relax. All right. So here we go. Jumping back blind is too dangerous. And this rattler in front of me is going to strike. I bend at the waist and drop my shoulder. Whip the saddlebag off my back. It crashes down on the dirt. The tip of the snake's tail sticking out, giving his last rattle. Something slithers in the bush behind me, so I snatch up the bag with both hands. 
run fast as I can, each thump of my heart like a blow from Pa's hammer. About 20 yards down the path, I turn round, my whole body shaking off the fear like a deer who dodged a bullet. The smushed rattler is in the same spot, no sight or sound of any others. I've got to pay better attention. Part of me wants to rush back to the ranch, but Pa would be madder than a bunny stung by a scorpion. No doubt he'd make me turn right back around. I heave the saddlebag over my left shoulder and head for town. The path curves and twists up a little higher, the ground uneven, but familiar even though last summer's fires destroyed most of the growth. A lot of it has come back, desert blossoms sprouting from the burned husks of the chaparral. From the top of this outcropping, the entire valley spread in front of me, an unbelievable view every time, so beautiful and vast. I can't imagine anything better. This is my home. On the far side of the valley, Telegraph Hill stretches up. Makes me feel like I'm on the edge of a giant dried up lake. I throw the saddlebag over my other shoulder and head down the path, half a mile at most to the valley floor. If I had a horse, I wouldn't work a quarter this hard, not to mention all the time I'd save. Less likely to have any critters to worry about too, even the rattlers. Man, that'd be something else to ride a great mare across the valley. But the reality is one step after another and another, trying to avoid thinking about the heat or the thirst or the horseshoes that keep banging my back. Pa ain't too fond of the idea of a horse. Not only on account of how much they cost, but also because I hadn't been mature enough to ride a full-grown steed until recently. But I know I can take care of one and I can save. At the bottom of the path, I switch shoulders without missing a step, knowing I won't want to get back up if I sit for a break so soon. Even if I can't sell all the wares, I've got to get rid of the heaviest stuff before the journey home. There's light reddish bush blooming down here, a nice contrast to the green and black, the endless stretches of sand. Life cannot be stopped, even in the most extreme places. The heat is rising, so I pick up the pace. If I make enough sales, I'll treat myself to a soda and sandwich at the saloon. If not, off the settle for whatever water I can get. It's bad luck dwelling on the downside, so I practice my sales pitches, picking just the right words for the hard to sell customers. Most of the buyers are apt to purchase without much said. But then you got people like old lady Pratchett who won't buy a thing until she's had at least three compliments or Mr. Nichols who makes me plead before he'll spend a penny. It's probably been about half an hour when I reached the bottom of Telegraph Hill, one heck of an intimidating incline that looks more like a mountain. I've always been drawn to arithmetic and figuring out numbers, how far I still have to go, how long it'll take, the number of steps on sore feet. But, but the more I think, the longer the journey and that much more of an ordeal. Happy with the sales pitches, I set my mind to music. The saloon has one of those mechanical pianos. There's nothing like it anywhere, and especially not on our ranch. The only music we have is the rhythmic banging of Pa's hammer or the chorus of critters that come sun up and sun down. On these trips, it's hard not to think of the future. If I'm gonna end up a blacksmith like Pa, he has me to help him, but what will I do? How am I even gonna find someone to marry and have kids with? What would I have to offer? I picture Pa bent over, covered in sweat, his knuckles throbbing from pounding metal day after day, Also, we can barely break even. Ever since I could walk and talk, Pa's been teaching me the trade, saying, one day you'll be in charge of all this. Best start getting you strong now. And for only being 16, I am strong. Nothing like Pa, of course, but I'm not the least bit afraid of hard labor. Nothing like sweat and soreness after a day of back-breaking work. Makes you feel like you really did something. 
And being strong means with the mind, too. It means step after step after step, ignoring the blisters on your heels, the metal digging into your spine, the leather rubbing your neck raw. It means blocking out the fire burning through your thighs, singing songs and hearing that piano playing like I'm sitting in the saloon, that big old fan swirling the air. My legs are jelly when I reach the top of Telegraph Hill, the saddlebag clanking in the middle of the dusty path as I set it down. I shake up my hands and stretch my back, spot Placerita Town so far out it looks like a row of tiny dollhouses. Several miles east of Placerita Town is a much larger Newhall Township. The train tracks stretch past two stations, the rock quarry, and wind around the huge dam, as far as I can see. There's been nothing but silence this whole time, but a distant sound's getting closer. Horses. They're approaching from behind, and it sounds like a bunch of them. A huge boulder to my left is big enough to hide behind, but the ground is peppered with small holes that could be home for rattlers. Off to the right side of the path is a huge burrow I can squeeze into with plenty of brush around it. No telling what kind of vermin might be in there, but it'd be better than running to the wrong kind of folks. The hooves are coming closer. If the horsemen are friendly, I'll be fine. But if they aren't, I can say goodbye to the goods and maybe more. All right. So choices are scurry down that hole, bet on the horseman being friendly, or hide behind the rock. Hmm. What I would probably do, I would just bet on them being friendly. That may not be the best answer of the favorite answer but that's the answer i'm going with if you want to choose differently then you could buy the book for 99 cents damn it all right the burrow is probably going to be crawling with critters and behind that rock's going to be a load of rattlers besides there's no reason to think anyone will mess with me i'm still just a boy the worst they would do is rob me it's too late to run the saddlebag behind the rock so i toss it down on the ground the riders are going to be on me any moment so i keep to the side of the path pretend i'm taking a water break bush from all my walking. If they ask, I'll say I'm looking for work. Five men on horseback galloped toward me, leaving a storm of dust. The fellow in the black shirt and black boots with silver tips looks like the leader. He stops a few feet away and sizes me up. What are you doing up here, boy? He asks, his tone no nonsense. Going down to Placerita Town. The man, his hair and twirly mustache the color of the sand, looks past me and points at the saddlebag. What you got in there? should have hid. Horseshoes for the tack shop, I say, hoping my honesty will be met by theirs. Why ain't that funny, he says, his laugh anything but friendly. We all sure could use some new horseshoes for our steeds. The man leans down, his face familiar, like maybe he bought from Pa before. Say, what you asking for him? A dollar each, and I got spurs too, I say, kind of excited I might have just unloaded half my haul. Them's only three dollars each. He stares at me for a long moment. You have to entertain a deal? Sure, I say, looking around. A group of fine gentlemen like yourselves? Of course, especially if you're taking a whole lot of it off my hands. We're going to take the whole lot of it, he says. I feel my face flush. It's my lucky day after all. That's wonderful. In exchange, we're going to let you walk out of here. Elation flips the fear because this guy's dead serious. Sir, me and my pa depend upon this each month, but we'll lose everything. The others on their horses ain't about to treat me no different. They're robbing me. I offer up the saddlebag without a word. He nods at the biggest one of the bunch, but keeps his eyes right on me. Moose. The big guy with the hound dog jowls trots his horse up and grabs the bag. Open it, he says. Kid ain't lying, Moose says. It's all in here, John. I realize who's robbing me. Can picture him from the wanted posters. 
jumping John Wyatt. Like he's reading my mind, John says, that's right. I swear I ain't going to tell no one. Promise, I'll say I lost it. I'll say I fell asleep in town, and when I woke up, the bag was gone. I swear. Jumping John doesn't say anything, stares at me, nods toward town. Him and the others start away. I don't say a word. A few yards away, John slows for just a moment, steers his steed in a half circle. In the blink of an eye, his silver peacemaker's out, the glint of pearl in the handle. Bang! The world's strongest punch strikes my chest. Jumping John turns back around, gallops after his partners. The pressure persists in my chest and I'm dizzy, my sight blurred. I'm on the ground, on my side, don't remember falling. Pain spreads from my chest to every extremity. My hands can't stop the warm spurts of blood. The desert sounds crowd around me, the sun burning so bright. Burning, burning, burning. It's snuffed out like an oil lamp at night. There's nothing, nothing at all. All right, messed up. Try again. All right, maybe next time I'll read the other bad choice. Maybe I'll read the correct choice. Who knows? We'll see what kind of mood I'm in. I do like killing people. In the books, in the stories. I like it when you guys choose incorrectly and kill the characters, I should say. All right, guys, I'm going to end it on that. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, subscribe, all that wonderful stuff that would help me out a ton. I appreciate it. Have an incredible week. I will talk to you later. Peace.